Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the 2018 Oscar nominations in today's episode. What's this? What's this? It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. What is this? What is this? We are just about a month away from the next Academy Awards ceremony. It'll be it'll take place on March fourth, Sunday. Um, so, compared to um, the day I'm recording this, a month and five days. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, a month and three days, and it's exciting. You know, I've I have my my personal issues with the Oscars. And I don't know, maybe I'll get into them as the episode this episode goes on, but for the most part, it's one of the better judges as far as good movies that came out this year, for the most part. Um, and if not a good movie, then a good element or aspect of a movie. And as always, you know, there are definitely things that missed getting nominations, and there are things that got too many nominations, and... You know, we've got, I don't know, there's hundreds of think pieces about that already, and the nominations have barely been out a week at this point. So that's, I don't know, I, I mean, I'm sure, I know I'm going to like get onto that, get at that at some point, but that's not really my focus of this kind of an episode. It's kind of, you know, it's my expectation for what I think is going to win, my guessing of, of um or not my guessing, but rather what I think should win, as well as what I think um, deserves to be there, and, and how my own personal uh, feelings factor into these types of uh, situations. <clears throat> so uh, there's a lot to lot to get through, so I'm going to try and get through these pretty quick. Best picture. Um, we got The Post, Call Me By Your Name, Get Out, Lady Bird, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water. These are all good movies. Um, in my opinion, the weakest film here is Darkest Hour. I gave it a 60, which is still good, but definitely nowhere near, in my opinion, best picture status. Uh, my favorite film on this list is Lady Bird, um, followed very, very closely by Dunkirk. But there are a lot of very solid movies, uh, and I would say anything I rated an 80 or higher, I would not be disappointed in that winning. So that opens up the field to uh, Call Me By Your Name, Get Out, Lady Bird, Dunkirk, and Shape of Water as my five films that I think uh, deserve this win. Now, the films that I really think could win are The Shape of Water, Three Billboards, Lady Bird, and Get Out. I think if you're predicting a movie outside of those four... Um, you're very unlikely to win. You're very very unlikely to be right. But of those four, it feels and and if you if you follow Oscars uh, as well as closely as I guess I do, I, I mostly listen to other people follow Oscars. But if you follow them to any degree, then you know that the biggest two, the top two films are Shape of Water and Three Billboards that people are thinking are going to win Best Picture. Of the two, I would say Shape of Water has an easier path there, but it's 
not certain. If I had to gun to my head, I would probably go with a dark horse ladybird. Um, honestly, I don't think. I don't know. I just I don't see Shape of Water or three billboards right now. But again, I'm not really an Oscar pundit. I, I, this isn't what I do actually. Um, so moving on, director, Shape of Water, Dunkirk. Uh, or sorry, uh, Guillermo del Toro, Shape of Water, Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Thread, Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird, and uh, Jordan Peele for Get Out. I have <clears throat> some similarities here. Uh, so for, for my current Best Picture nominations, I only match up with Lady Bird and Dunkirk. I only have two films in my Best Picture nominees that make it into the Oscars. For director, uh, I do have Guillermo del Toro, I do have Greta Gerwig, I do have Jordan Peele, and I do have Christopher Nolan. My fifth slot goes to Darren Aronofsky for Mother, as opposed to Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread. I would say Guillermo del Toro, this is his award to lose. Um, I don't know who he'd lose it to. Peele, Gerwig, and Nolan are all promising wins here as well. This is the, fir the first nomination for all of them, I believe, except for Paul Thomas Anderson. So somebody, and none of them have won, so somebody is going to be a newly winning Oscar director. And I think it's going to be Del Toro. Um, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Best Actor. Uh, Phantom Thread, Darkest Hour, Get Out, Call Me By Your Name. Roma Jezreel, Esquire, um, and the actors are Daniel Day-Lewis, Gary Oldman, Daniel Kaluuya, Timothy Chalamet, and Denzel Washington. I think Denzel Washington has no chance to win. I would say Daniel Kaluuya and also has no chance to win, and I think it's unlikely that Chalamet pulls this off. I think odds-on favorite is Gary Oldman. That's who I would pick, to, and that's, who, that's my pick that's going to win. As far as who I think is the best of these five, uh, for me, it's probably Chalamet. Uh, but my my lineup really doesn't match up very closely at this point. Best Actress. Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water. Frances McDormand, Three Billboards. Greta Ger or, uh, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird. Margot Robbie, 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 Itania, and Meryl Streep again for The Post. Um... I disagree. I don't think Meryl Streep has any chance to win. I think this is a... Man, it's tough. This is such a... This race, it seems like McDormand is running, coming into this with all the steam, with all the momentum. I know Saoirse Ronan and Sally Hawkins were the critic favorites earlier in the year. So, and and then of course Margot Robbie came in late with I, Tanya and has gotten has done really well there as well. So, I think it ends up being between McDormand and Ronan, but at the moment, I would, gun to my head, say McDormand. Sporting actor. Um, Richard Jenkins, Shape of Water. Sam Rockwell and Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards. Uh, Willem Dafoe, Florida Project, and Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World. Uh, it's probably between Rockwell and Dafoe. I think... Rockwell probably wins this, although I think Defoe is definitely a, an outside chance to take it. 
Um, he's very good. I, I think he's fantastic in the movie. And both of them are very, very are neck and neck for me as well, as far as best supporting actor this year. Supporting actress, uh, you've got Octavia Spencer, you've got um, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf, Ladybird, Mary J. Blige, Mudbound, and Allison Janney, Itanya. Blige and Octavia Spencer, I think, have no chance to win. I don't think either of them should have been nominated because I don't think either of the performances were as that outstanding. Octavia Spencer felt exactly like the same character she played in Hidden Figures and Help and Gifted. So like every movie she's been in for the last five years or so. Uh, Leslie Manville, I also don't think can win either. I thought she was good, but not great in that movie. I think both Daniel Day-Lewis and Vicky Kreps overshadow her performance quite substantially. So it kind of comes down to what we all kind of expected to come down to, which is Metcalf and Janney. Janney seems to have the momentum, but I hope that the Oscars go with Metcalf, personally. Um, screenplay. Shape of Water, Three Billboards, Lady Bird, Get Out, and Big Sick, all nominated for original screenplay. Uh, meanwhile, on the adapted side of things, you've got Call Me By Your Name, Mudbound, Logan, Disaster Artist, and Molly's Game. I think I'd be shocked if Call Me By Your Name lost adapted. And oh, <laughs> original is just so wide open. Uh, I think if Three Billboards does kind of get shut out outside of Actress, or if, if Three Billboards isn't going to win picture, it probably wins screenplay. But fuck, I don't. That's tough. That's really tough because then, because then if three billboard, if three billboards win screenplay, maybe it does win picture. I think your original screenplay is likely to connect with your best picture winner. So I think Big Sick doesn't have a chance to win, and I think it's a Get Out, Lady Bird, Three Billboards, Shape of Water type of time. Uh, if. Anything besides three billboards that wins out of those four, I'm perfectly happy. Uh, animated feature, Coco, moving on. Uh, foreign language film. Uh, I've only seen four of these right now. I haven't seen The Insult yet. Um, the ones I have seen are The Square, Loveless, A Fantastic Woman, and On Body and Soul, which are all... Uh, which are mostly good. I, I think On Body and Soul is, is fine, it doesn't really astound me. The other three are very close in terms of quality overall. Uh, I think I would hedge for The Square, just because it's gotten a lot more buzz than anything else. Best documentary feature, Icarus, Faces Places, Abacus, Small Enough to Jail, Strong World, and Last Men in Aleppo. Uh, my personal favorite is Icarus, but I think Faces Places is the more likely film to win. Uh, documentary short, I've only seen one of them, Heroin, it's on Netflix. Uh, the other, the short films don't come to me until uh, about a week and a half, two weeks from now, and I'll finally be able to see those, so I'm looking forward to that. But, so I, I don't really have a good guess as far as that's concerned. The other nominees besides Heroin are Edith and Eddie, Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405, Knife Skills, and Traffic Stop. So traffic is the problem. Live short films. I haven't seen any of them. Uh, again, they'll be coming near me soon. The nominees are DeKalb Elementary, The Eleven O'Clock, My Nephew Emmett, The Silent Child, and Watu Wote, 
slash all of us. I, I don't know. I haven't seen any of them. I couldn't tell you. Animated short. I have now seen all of those as of today. Uh, Negative Space, Lou, Revolting Rhymes, Dear Basketball, and Garden Party. Um, Negative Space is my favorite of the five, but I think Lou is more likely to... Lou or Revolting Rhymes is more likely to win. And I think I... I will be so upset if Dear Basketball wins. That's all. I'll be very upset. Best score. <laughs> um, Shape of Water, Dunkirk, Three Billboards, Phantom Thread, and Star Wars. Episode 8, The Last Jedi. I... It's likely going to be Shape of Water, Phantom Thread, I think. Um, I wish Dunkirk was more of a possibility, because I think that score is pretty fantastic, but... Phantom Thread, Shape of Water. If Phantom Thread doesn't win anything else, like if, I mean, Phantom Thread kind of has to win costumes, I think, but this is probably its second best chance at a win, in my opinion. So, um, song, original song, Call Me By Your Name, Mudbound, Coco, Remember Me, Greatest Showman, This Is Us, This Is Me. Uh, and Marshall. I don't remember the titles for Marshall, Call Me By Your Name, or Mudbound songs, so if they win... I've heard people say that Mudbound could win because it's Mary J. Blige. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it might be. It would feel pretty shitty if the only thing Mudbound won was Song, which is kind of what happened to Selma last year. Or not last year, but what is what happened to Selma. Uh... And I think Selma was a better film than Mudbound. So that would feel kind of awful. It could also be the only place that Call Me By Your Name has a chance to win. Uh, if it, Well, I guess it's going to win Adapted, so it might not win here. Uh, Coco's guaranteed animated feature, so it's got to win already. And then Marshall. I think Marshall's more likely than The Greatest Showman at this point. I don't know. I mean, people love The Greatest Showman. They just keep going back to see it again and again and again and again. So there might be something to that. Best Sound Editing and Mixing. Same five nominees. Shape of Water, Dunkirk, Blade Runner 2049, Last Jedi, and Baby Driver. Uh, this is tough. I'm um, Some of these technical tech categories, it's really difficult to know... And not that these are the prime examples of that, but it's very difficult to determine um, exactly where in the process of the make, making the movie a certain thing happened. Uh, so what I mean by that is it's tough to say if you can attribute an element of a movie to the film editing, to the cinematography, to the sound, to the acting part, to the visual effects crew, to you know makeup and hair, hairstyle. You know, those are things that are, are not necessarily obvious when you're just watching the movie and become more obvious when you see behind-the-scenes featurettes, when you uh, get to learn more about what happened making the movie. You know, for example, um, just because someone's hair looks good in a movie doesn't necessarily mean it was the hairstyling team that is the cause of that, you know? Uh, this might have been something touched up by the visual effects team later on. It might be something that was edited in such a way uh, to make it look the way it does. So some of these tech categories are a little shaky, and which is why I think it's a good thing that the tech categories are the ones generally voting on these things. 
uh, or at least nominating them because I think a lot of people can't recognize and um, assess those simple issues. So as far as sound editing, and that in in turn refers to the uh, effects created for the film um, that are edited into the film, uh, I would say, man, um, I don't know. I think Baby Driver and Star Wars, Blade Runner, Dunkirk, Shape of Water, I think it's likely going to be Blade Runner, Star Wars, or Baby Driver. I think Baby Driver could do really well in the sound categories. Uh... But this might be the place where they reward Star Wars, one of these two. They might split these between Star Wars and Baby Driver. Mixing, referring to uh, adjusting the levels of the sound and incorporating them all into this total soundscape of a film. I think that sounds like Baby Driver too. Um, Blade Runner is another good one for that. Shape of Water is also good. And Dun- like, they're all really good, like, and that's why they're nominated. But that's a tough one. This is a tough one to parse through sound categories. Production design, art design, set design, uh, as it's gone by in the past. Shape of Water, Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Blade Runner, and Beauty and the Beast. Unlikely they go for Beauty and the Beast here. Um, If they're going to end up giving cinematography to Blade Runner, it probably loses here. Uh, I don't think Darkest Hour can win this. So it kind of comes down to Shape of Water and Blade Runner. I think this one's going to go Shape of Water. Cinematography, Shape of Water, Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Blade Runner, and Mudbound. Uh, As wonderful as it would be to reward Mudbound here, I really doubt they're going to do that in favor of Blade Runner. It's it's Deacon's time. It has to be, right? We've been talking about it all year. has to be Deacon's. Makeup, Darkest Hour, Victorian Abdul, and Wonder. Uh, Victoria Abdul is the kind of odd person out here. It's going to be Darkest Hour or Wonder. And I'm going to say Wonder. I'm going to predict the upset. Wonder. If it's really even an upset. Costumes, Shape of Water, Phantom Thread, Darkest Hour, Beauty and the Beast, Victoria Abdul. Uh, is that five? Yes. Victoria, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Victoria Abdul. Costumes. Uh, means Phantom Thread. I think that's an easy one. Film editing, Shape of Water, Dunkirk, Three Billboards, Baby Driver, and Itania. I think this comes down to Baby Driver and Itania, which is strange because film editing generally goes hand in hand with picture. Um, and that means it's Shape of Water, Dunkirk, or Three Billboards. I think Three Billboards doesn't stand a chance. And I think of the of the other two, it's Dunkirk's got the best chance to win this award besides Shape of Water, but honestly, I think both Baby Driver and Itani have better editing than Dunkirk or Shape of Water do, generally speaking. And finally, visual effects. Blade Runner, Last Jedi, War for the Planet of the Apes, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and Kong Skull Island. Kong is pretty good, um, but I think everything Kong is doing, War for the Planet of the Apes just kind of does it better. Uh, the biggest question mark here is probably going to be um, 
it's going to probably come down to Blade Runner and War for the Planet of the Apes. And I think in lieu of... I hope that they reward War for the Planet of the Apes here as a way to kind of reward Andy Serkis and the entire mocap team that has worked on this and worked in conjunction with visual effects. Uh, but I think there's a chance like Blade Runner might miss cinematography. Maybe it wins visual effects. Um, if it can't win production design, I don't know. It's a tough one. Um, and then as well, there's also the honorary award that went to... Um, Af- is it Quarones? Or is it Inaritu? It's Inaritu. Inaritu, who won... Uh, Alejandro González Inaritu won a Special Achievement Academy Award for his short virtual reality film, Carne y Arena. Uh, which I haven't seen, I may never get to see, and that's going to be really frustrating (laughs) going forward. Um, But that is the situation we are in, because it is a virtual reality thing. Um, There is some statistics I took down. Uh, Let me see here. Here's the thread. I put it on, it's on Twitter, but I'll just kind of run down these for you guys if you're not following me. Um, There were 59 films nominated for competitive Oscars at the Academy Awards this year. Uh, That's three less than last year's 62, two more than 2015's 57, and one less than the 60 nominated in 2014. Every director this year has their film nominated for Best Picture. Four of the male lead nominees line up with Best Picture. Four of the female lead nominees line up with Best Picture. And the same for male and female supporting, but only three of the five line up in each of those categories. Four original screenplays are in Best Picture, and one adapted screenplay is in Best Picture. Shape of Water and Three Billboards lead the way with three acting nominations this year, um, but only Shape of Water has the opportunity to win three, as Three Billboards has two people in supporting. I guess they could tie. I think that's unlikely. Phantom Thread, Lady Bird, and Itania have two apiece. Blade Runner 2049 has the most nominations for a film that wasn't nominated for Best Picture at five. Three picture... Uh, three Best Picture nominees got film editing, as I mentioned, Shape of Water, Three Billboards, and Dunkirk, and four Best Picture nominees got Best Score, Shape of Water, Three Billboards, Dunkirk, and Phantom Thread. This is the second year in a row where not a single film nominated for Best Picture was also nominated for Best Visual Effects. Every other category, outside of the short category, the documentary, animated, and foreign language categories, has at least one film crossed over with Best Picture. Visual effects is the only outlier. There are no two films this year that have at least two nominations that have the exact same category nominations. And this isn't this did not happen last year or the year before that, as uh, if I recall correctly. Sound mixing and editing went five for five this year. Uh, they matched up three times last year and four times in 2015, 2014, and 2013. There are 17 films with multiple nominations this year. 18 of there were 18 last year and 16 this year, uh, the year before that. This is the first time since 2011's *The Help* for a film to have two nominations in the same acting category. Uh, that being three billboards for best supporting actor. Uh, uh, let's see, 
there these are a couple of other films that I've seen that have gotten two nominations total, and one of them is for Best Picture. Uh, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close was also nominated for Best Male Supporting Actor. A Serious Man was also nominated for Best Screenplay. Blindside and Alice Adams were both also nominated for Female Lead. Private Life of Henry VIII was nominated for Male Lead. And Wings, which won Best Picture and is the only one of these that I mentioned that won, uh, also was nominated for Visual Effects, although at the time it was called uh, something different. Uh, so a lot of statistics, um, some further statistics, the, here we go. Uh, there are approximately six films this year that I have rated less than a 50. Those include the documentary Strong World, the documentary Last Man in Aleppo, uh, All the Money in the World, the animated feature film nominees Ferdinand and the Boss Baby, as well as the animated short film nominee Dear basketball. Uh, compared to last year, you had one, two, oh wow, more, three, four, five, ten. Last year had ten films. Uh, of course, that number could go up once I see the short films. Um, I have ten films left to see. I have The Insult, which is the only feature, it's a foreign film nominee, and then I have five live action shorts and four documentary shorts to see. So that will remain to be determined if we will catch up to those 10 uh, after this point. Um, The highest rated film that I've seen this year that did not get an Oscar nomination is A Ghost Story, uh, followed by Columbus. Ghost Story and Columbus, my top two films that received no love at the Oscars, um, but you will definitely see them in the Circle of Film Awards. That's for sure. Uh, Shape of Water got 13 nominations, uh, which is tied for the second most of all time with such films as From Here to Eternity, Mary Poppins, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Forrest Gump, Shakespeare in Love, Lord of the Rings Fellowship, Chicago, and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button a Curious Case of Benjamin Button won the least amount of Oscars of the films that were nominated 13 times uh, by only winning three. I think Shape of Water is definitely on track to win at least three and probably hover in the middle of this where they've won four, five, six, seven. Uh, the most wins for a film nominated 13 times is From Here to Eternity with eight, and that includes Best Picture. Four of the eight previously Four of the eight films previously nominated 13 times have one Best Picture, so there's, I don't know, 50% chance that Shape of Water follows suit. I guess that's what that means. Um, and da, da, da. What else do we got? I don't even know. There's uh, a lot to go on. Um... Hmm. Let's see. I don't know. There's Oscar stuff. Oscar stuff. Just all the Oscar stuff. Um, going beyond that, so the Oscars... Let's see. Today, I'm recording this on the 31st of January. As I mentioned, the Oscars on March 4th. On February 5th, that's Monday next week, will be the Nominees Luncheon. Um, where all 
the nominees get to launch together on February 10th, Saturday, the scientific and technical achievement awards are presented. And those are three different, according to Wikipedia, those are three different honorary awards that are given by Ampus during the annual Academy Award season. Um, they've been doing this since the fourth Academy Awards back in 1931. And there's, generally given for uh, significant milestones in the development of technology for motion pictures. Uh, some examples are VistaVision, um, Dolby Sound, IMAX, a uh, bunch of different animated software, animation softwares, and other sorts of things. Uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff, like uh, Jim Henson, like the uh, animatronic puppetry technology they developed has also been awarded there. On Tuesday, February 20th, it, the voting period begins for best, for the win, for the Oscars, winning the Oscars. Uh, the week after that, Tuesday the 27th of February, uh, the polls close, and that following Sunday, the awards are presented. So there's a week of voting period between the 20th and 27th. That is the key time for this, this award season. Um... They're going to be hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, again, which I'm excited for. I think he did well, uh, as well as he could have, given what happened last year. Um, which is still, you know, one of the most memorable ceremonies of all time. So I really don't think he should be too terribly upset by the circumstances. Uh, this makes him the first person to host back-to-back -back ceremonies since Billy Crystal in 97 and 98, which is interesting. Um, one of the things, so there's a lot of interesting elements, you know, Greta Gerwig getting nominated for Best Director, Jordan Peele nominated for Best Director, uh, you have, um, who is it, D. Rees nominated for Mudbound, it's adapted screenplay, you have, um, Rachel Morrison, first female ever nominated uh, for cinematography. And I believe that's the only category left that had never had a woman nominated in it. And these are all fantastic things. Like, I don't mean to take anything away from them. If I accidentally do, I, I don't mean that. I think that's all wonderful. But I think one of the things that I've been, that I've taken to uh, adjusting at in my circle of film awards is combining the actor and quote actress categories so um previously it was male lead and female lead actor uh, male and female supporting actor and that's not terribly awful i don't think that's the wrong thing i don't ever i don't really expect the oscars to change that ever because that's how it's been done since the beginning of time but i do think that there is something to uh, just combining them. And like you could even do, you can do 10, 10 nominees, that's fine. I don't think they would if they did it, but you could. I am, I'm choosing to do 10. But, you know, the question was posed on, if you listen to the Slash Filmcast, the question was posed to one of the fiancés of uh, the, a host if she would want the Oscars to separate best director into male and female categories. 
And at first you're like, oh great, now women can uh, also get just as many nominations there as men. But on the other hand, it does indicate that like, well, because women aren't considered by the Academy good enough to contend against men in a category by itself, then we have to create this second category for them to be uh, eligible. And I think by condensing or by keeping best actor and best actress as their own separate categories, you're kind of saying the same thing. Not to the same extent, because it isn't as if, um, it's not as though we've ever had, we've really had a situation where we've had, you know, it's not like the last 10 years we've seen less than five actresses nominated, as opposed to always having five actors. Like, that's definitely not the case. But we definitely, by combining the categories, you can definitely see how you know, the expectation would be that because of who the Academy are, because of who the voters are, that there would probably always, almost always be more men than women and probably almost always be more men than female winners. Uh, And as terrible as that sounds, and I, I don't want that, I wish that wouldn't be the result, maybe it wouldn't, but I think, and I read someone, I read some an article that said, kind of alluded to it this much, which is um, what by even if that is the case, even that if that is the result, at least then it's blatantly clear to everyone just how sexist the academy really is. And I don't, I don't think that's wrong. I, I, I mean, I think it is wrong to be sexist. I don't think they're wrong in saying that that's a good thing to really reveal um, the issues underlying and and overlying the entire academy. It's, it's problematic in all of the worst ways. And it's frustrating. And so, you know, personally, I've taken the step back and determined, decided and determined that I think I don't want to do it that way anymore. I want one category, no gender dis, uh, dis, distinction. So um, this year, already... I've condensed both lead categories into one category and re-ranked them on my uh, re-ranked them separately from what you can see on the spreadsheet. Um, and in the pre- previous years, I've done the same thing, uh, which has resulted in people losing wins in the past. Uh, so 2016 had a win going to Natalie Portman for Best Actress and Casey Affleck for Best Actor, and now it is just. Natalie Portman for best lead actor. Not female, not male, just lead actor. Similarly, uh, John Goodman is the sole winner of best supporting actor. Uh, And Greta Gerwig does not have that win anymore. Which is upsetting. You know, I I wish I didn't have to do that. But it is... it, It makes more sense to me to do it this way than to give to have a two years where I give both winners or gave two win had two winners because they're not, it's not a tie. It definitely isn't a tie. You go back to 2015, Brie Larson wins for room above Michael Fassbender in lead and Menicio del Toro wins out over Kate Winslet in supporting. And uh, then going back to 2014, 2013, 2012, I've condensed both top five lists into a 10 and, uh, if those are edited, they'll be edited as that. And what this kind of means 
is that now there doesn't have to just be five men and five women anymore. There could be a year where there's 10 men or 10 women. Um, and that's not an issue. That's fine. Like this year is not over yet. And while it's currently five and five right now, there is definitely the opportunity for that to change. And I think that there's, I don't know. I, I think there's an unlikelihood that it'll change this late in the game. Um, I'd have to really think back and reevaluate some films I'd seen in the past that didn't quite make it into that fifth slot on a single side, but might make it into the tenth slot when they're combined. Uh, that's something I'll have to look into. But that's, I'm going to have to figure that out. I'm going to have to work that out for myself. Um, another thing this leads to is more films are nominated more often for the same thing. So, uh, for example, now the big sick currently has two nominees for supporting actor holly hunter and ray romano are both nominated for the same award for me or you know if you go back to last year moonlight same same situation if you go back to 2015 you have steve jobs and the hateful eight both have two supporting nominations um kate winslet seth rogan as well as jennifer jason lee and walton goggins as well as uh, room for lead nominees with Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay. So that's, this is its own kind of beast and something I'm working on and I currently am happy with. And I've already in, introduced this into 2018's situation and uh, we'll see how that evolves and grows as 2018 pass goes on, as I get to see more and more films from the year. Uh, I'm, I'm interested and I'm, I'm curious as to how this is all going to turn out uh, because it is new. It's very different than how I'm accustomed to things being as, have, as I've seen so many films nominated for acting awards at the Oscars and they're always broken down into gender. But now that's not as important. And I think I'm, I'm excited for the direction that takes because, you know, you look at best screenplay, it's not best female, best screenplay by a woman, best screenplay by a man, you know, none of those other categories, best original song by a woman, best original song by a man, none of these are, are really a thing and have never been a thing. So I don't know, I don't know, maybe there is a chance that someday, someday, they can be combined at the Oscars. We'll see. Um, that's, I don't know, that's kind of it. I, I always, like I'm not, again, I don't follow the Oscars close enough to say, look, I know what I'm talking about, I know who's gonna win, I know who's not gonna win. Not really. And I also don't put enough stock in my own opinion about movies to say that a certain thing deserved to be in a certain category. You know, I can only say what I would have put there, not what I think deserves to be there over something else. <clears throat> you know, I can tell you, I don't know why the Lego Batman movie was snubbed or wasn't included in best animated film, as opposed to things like Ferdinand and the Boss Baby, which I think are kind of bad. But that's, um, 
it did it had happened and uh if i had an animated category i would include it as well it would be one of the it would definitely be in there but i don't so it can't be and it'll have to um survive with its current nomination in the best original song category at the circle of film awards that being said uh it's kind of it um does the oscars tune in uh like last year i expect i will have a um i will definitely do an episode after the oscars reacting to the wins how i feel about them if i was surprised you know if we get another moonlight la la land situation that'll be exciting uh, as well as sometime before the Oscars come out. So within the next month or so, uh, I will definitely put out my 2017 Circle of Film Award episode. I will do what I can to try to make it less than four hours long, like the 2015 episode was, but I cannot make any promises. And uh, then we'll get, you know, we'll see who wins there, and we'll add those winners to the 2010s Circle of Film Award decade category so if you haven't been to the website if you don't follow me on twitter uh i decided and this is a long time coming and currently i'm only including 2015 and 2016 but on my personal spreadsheet since i already know the who i expect to win in 2012 13 and 14 i have those winners lined up as well but for the purposes of this if you go to the website on the circle of awards tab you can now click on the 2010s Circle of Film Awards as its own page, separate from the individual years. And what this does is it takes every category and it puts all the winners into the same category. So from 2015 and 2016, you have Best Picture nominees The Handmaiden and Mad Max Fury Road. Best Director George Miller for Mad Max Fury Road and Denny Villeneuve for Arrival. Best Lead Actor Brie Larson against Natalie Portman, Room and Jackie. Benicio Del Toro for Sicario, and John Goodman for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Mike Mills for 20th Century Women, Aaron Sorkin for Steve Jobs, Best Screenplay, and so on and so on and so on. And once, um, so like 2017 will come out, I'll add the 2017 winners to these categories. Um, when I get it out, when I get time, when I get around to releasing the 2014 episode, I'll add those, 2013. Um, my, my timeline right now is to put out 2014, 13, and 12 um, between the 2017 and 2018 awards and to put out 2011 and 2010 between the 2018 and 2019 awards and then when 2019 comes out i'll have already done 2010 to 2018 before then they'll be the 10th year that'll be the 10th year of awards i've put out and then each category will have 10 winners going up against each other for the decades prize all right so Best Picture will have 10 different films up against each other to see which one is the best of the 2010s, which I think is really exciting. I think it's really interesting because you're comparing performances and movies that are really never compared against each other. You have Best Original Score, Michael Giacchino for Inside Out versus Andy Hull and Robert McDowell for Swiss Army Man. You have Best Tactile Effects, Hacksaw Ridge versus Fury Road. Uh, you have Best Scene, um, the dinner scene from 10 Cloverfield Lane versus the sandstorm in Mad Max Fury Road. You have all these exciting um, comparisons and uh, challenges and competitions and, and uh, just, just I don't know, exciting. Exciting. It's all that stuff. 
against each other that have never been really compared against each other in a real awards setting. And so I'm really looking forward to that. You know, crowning a single best lead performance of the entire decade is a lot of pressure. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm up to the task. I'm up to the task. So that is the plan going forward for that. Um, that is the plan with the Oscars. That is the plan with Circle Film Awards uh, for here and for the future. Um, so that's kind of it. Uh, looking, so this episode is coming out Friday. Uh, I uh, most likely some of the episodes coming out next week. Uh, we've got. I'm looking into doing an episode for the Hostiles review. I am still. It's a long time coming, but I'm still, still trying to work on doing a scavenger hunt review episode for last July with Catherine. Uh, time has not been a friend to us, and uh, we are trying to make that work. And then, uh, I'm not sure what the third episode would be next week. I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm sure I'll see Winchester at some point. I don't know if I'm really going to be excited to go review that at all. Uh, I haven't seen Maze Runner yet, but I, you know, I don't really care for any, either of the films in that franchise, so I don't think that's going to be important. Um, I'm going to go see Dunkirk in theaters tomorrow night for the second time, so I might do something about that as well. We'll see. There's a lot, a couple things up in the air, and uh, a lot to get through. Till then, plenty of time until um, next week. I might end up just kind of moving, ne making next week have the uh, best February-born actors. That might end up happening. It's kind of early in the month, but if I feel comfortable with the films I've seen for those people, then uh, I might end up doing that as well. So, a lot of things on the line, a lot of things coming up. Keep an eye out, uh, and uh, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate any and all of you. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with me for whatever reason, if you want to share with me your top movie list, uh, I would love to hear it. I'd love to see it. Uh, you can contact me on Twitter at Circle of Film or by email, circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can also head to the site, circleoffilm.com, for all the Circle of Film Award nominees going all the way back to 2012. They're all on the website now. You can check, find all the other episodes on the site. Uh, as well as a lot of other stuff, information about myself, the spreadsheet, and, and much more. And if you'd like to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash circle of film and uh, check out that and see if you want to support the show monetarily. Uh, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say that you In the name of love, one night in the name of love So long, farewell, oh what I'll be to say Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute